Thank you, guys. It's great to be here with all of you and privileged to get to talk to you about community. Um, if you guys know me at all, you know that my heart is for community being built in our church, and I'm sure you've heard me say it, because just about every time I get up here, I find some way to work it in, but I want everybody that comes into Vineyard to find some people that they can say, hey, these are my people. You know, this is, this is my family, and we can grow together. So just, I want to see God do that, and man, I just want to say yes to all that he's doing through what I say today, and uh, through what I speak into all of your lives. So, you know, there's, there's so many things uh, we could say as, as we're talking about being meant for more in this series. I really believe that we're meant for community in a, in a greater and larger way. And there's so many things we could say about what that is and what that means. But for my purposes today, community means to me sharing our real lives with each other. Um, you know, being willing to share the real, the real stuff of, of who you are, both successes and failures, um, good times and bad. And it also means not just uh, our own thing. It means that we grow and serve together as we're on a mission together with Jesus. So that's what I'm talking about in terms of community. And I'm glad that I get to give this talk towards the beginning of our series. We've been focusing on the book of Ephesians, and community is a theme that Paul is just, he's emphasizing throughout the book, and um, I think as, as a, like, overarching theme, it'll be cool for you guys to take, like, the things that I'm saying today and see it as we go all the way throughout the book. I'm only going to be talking about just a few verses, but you'll see community and unity just pop up over and over, so keep your eyes out for that as we continue in the series, but... I'm going to be reading today from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10, or 12. I only made it through 10 in the first service, so we'll say 1, 7 through 10. We'll set our sails there. But let me just pray before I read that to you. Holy Spirit, would you fill this place and speak to our hearts? God, I, I pray that your word would speak in the hearts of those that are hearing my voice. God, we ask for a, a thriving community as a whole and many, many smaller thriving communities of people that are learning to serve you and share the real stuff. Let it be so here. God, we want to say yes to you in everything that we do. We give you permission to speak to us what we need to hear. And we love you, God. You're so good to us. So good. Thank you. In Jesus' name. All right. Let's read together from Ephesians 1. Starting in verse 7, the uh, second word is hymn. The hymn we're talking about is Jesus. We talked about last week how we're blessed with spiritual blessings in Jesus, and that's where we're picking up here. So in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood 
the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So as you first look at that verse, um, I wouldn't be mad at you if you look at it and say, that verse doesn't say anything about community. Because <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't appear to you when you first look at it. And, uh, but the more, man, the more I've just been diving into this, and it could just be me. So just, I'm seeing community everywhere because it's what God's putting on my heart. It's what I want to see us grow in. But I see it in here, and I want to show you guys some things that God has shown me and I mean, I think it's going to be a blessing to us as we think about community. So uh, speaking of blessings, for those of you that are note takers, I didn't manage to get any like fill in the blanks done. But I'll tell you now that I have four main points. So you could just number right now one through four. And every time I get to one of them, I'll tell you that it's one of them. And then you'll have four little sections that you can put your notes in. And we'll, you'll all be happy and we'll have the best of both worlds, right? So... <laughs> So uh, the first one of the four like main things I'm going to talk about is that God's blessings come to us in community. God's blessings come to us in community, not just as individuals. God does bless us individually, but the, uh, the blessings, like the fullness of the blessing that he has for us comes to us in community. And you know how I said, like, you might not have really seen community in this verse at first. Well, it's throughout Ephesians, but it's in subtle ways. Like, you could easily go through that verse and pick out the big words, like redemption, forgiveness, and understanding, and fulfillment. But I'm finding community here in little words. Maybe you guys heard them, because I kind of emphasized them when I was reading. You see them? We. Us, ours. You guys hear those ones? Pronouns, man. English majors like pronouns. It's a, it's like a really subtle thing, and you could miss it. But every, well, almost every single pronoun in Ephesians is plural. Just so you guys know, there's a bunch of times that Paul says you when he's addressing, and that can be easy for us to miss in English because we don't have, like, the right words for that. Like, if I'm saying, Sharon, how are you? I would say, that's the same as I would say, hey, all of you, how are you? You know, it's, it's the same word. Not, like, um, a way to signify that. You know, it's not like Spanish has two different words that do that. You could say vosotros or ustedes. It's, this, it's like you, all of you. If you're from the south, south of maybe Medina, even, <laughs> You might say, y'all. But, dude, I grew up on West 25th. I can't swing the y'all, okay? So English is just lacking in this area. But I discovered by reading this section in Spanish that all of the you pronouns in this are plural. And 
that has something to say to us about community. Every single thing that Paul is saying here is about a group of us together. I was going to count them, but I got tired after the first chapter. There's 27 plural pronouns in chapter 1 of Ephesians, and there's only 23 verses. I didn't want to count the rest of the book, but it's like, it's throughout. And just look at these blessings and think about what it means that we experience them in community. The first one in verse 7 that just pops right out is it says, we have redemption through his blood. We talk about Jesus as our personal savior, and he is. He saves us individually. But when he comes back, he's coming back to redeem the bride of Christ, the whole church. He has a plan not just to, you know, make your eternity like blessed and, and saved. He has a plan for the whole, not just the whole community of believers, but the whole creation to be redeemed. And this comes to us together. There's no, there's no separating it. We have redemption together. It says that that's the way in verse 8. Like, these are the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with wisdom and understanding. God is smart about how he gives his gifts out. He knows that when people get blessing and they're not in community, bad, or in their, if they're in bad community, that bad things start to happen. The, the like, whenever... And maybe you've seen this play out. You know, you've seen someone that receives something really good, but they don't know how to, like, they're not equipped to handle it all because of the, their lack of support or lack of community. Um, I don't mean to, like, play a painful chord as the playoffs are going on, but think about Johnny Manziel for a second. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But you think about it, that's a guy who received an amazing, not only talent, but a blessing of financial, like, magnitude. But because, and I mean, there's other, there's other, like, athletes or famous people that we could name off that have had a similar story. But because he had a total lack of healthy community, it's just been a downward spiral that's been really painful to watch. Unless you're a Steelers fan. But I mean... For anybody, I mean, it's just, it's just hard to see when that happens to people. And that's something that can really happen to any of us if we, like, if we receive what should be a blessing, but we don't have community. So God is into lavishing his gifts on us with wisdom and understanding. He has a good plan for how to bless us, and he wants the blessings to come in community for a couple of reasons. For, I mean... There's like a spiritual level that's more like invisible and hard to understand in which when you receive a blessing from God, it's like multiplied by sharing it with another person. And that's just, that's something that only God could see. He set up that system on purpose so that when he gives something into a community, it doesn't just bless one person, it blesses a bunch of people. And I mean, it's not like, 
I'd say talk about it on a spiritual level, but it's not that hard to see that, like, when someone encourages you or, like, gives you a gift, it's just a blessing that came to you from community. It could be as simple as that. I mean, it can also be as simple as, like, a hug, or it can be as, like, mystical as, like, the increase of faith in a room that's full of people that are going after the same thing. Maybe you felt, like, any or all of those things. It's all part of God's wisdom in giving things to us in community. And speaking of that, I mean, last week we talked about being blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Right? Do you guys remember that? Um, Do you remember who it says is blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ? It's one of those pronouns. Us. He blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it's like, yeah, God wants to bless us individually, but the fullness, the complete blessing that he wants to give us can only come to us in community. You guys see that? It can only happen that way. And, I mean, really you could say that that's the only way it even makes sense. Because the thing about spiritual blessings, like, do you have every single spiritual gift I mean, I don't, but someone here does. And I don't mean like one person has all of them. Um, even though Evan and Tom are like, awesome, you know, our pastors and people like that, none of us here have all of the spiritual gifts, but somebody here has each one. I guarantee it, because that's how God, he, remember, he's smart about how he gives them out. He wants our church family to have them all so that they can all be in operation. You get from the most like flashy ones down to the ones that like go under the radar. Someone here has it, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe you like lack the gift of administration. Well, you should talk to Tony. He's got it. He can help you. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe you don't have the gift of hospitality. Sarah and Sonu have it. They could maybe teach you something about it. You know. There's a gift in the Bible that talks about the gift of mercy, not judging people. You talk to James about that one. <laughs> Man, give the coat off his back to somebody. Who knows if they deserve it? You know, but it cares about them. You know, you, could, you might lack wisdom, but Joe and Joni are sitting right there. You see where I'm going? That's how we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The ones that you don't have in yourself, God has placed you in a family with people that have them. And they can be a blessing to all of us as we learn to discover and value them all. As kind of a sidebar on that, the... That, that statement that, that we only have all the gifts together, it has some like implications for what we should do, right? It says that we need all of you to find out what your spiritual gifts are if you don't know, and then begin to use them. And the rest of us need to support you in doing that. 
may I just say that a beautiful place for that to happen is in small groups. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, and that's very common, just so you know, it's easier for other people to see them in you than it is for you to see them sometimes. Some of the people, both in this service and the first one that I mentioned for their gifts, were looking at me like, I don't know, but just trust me. The, it happens when you get in community with a group of people and share your real self. People start to see and call out what you have to offer. And you also, um, it's like a safe place to try things. Maybe it sounds really scary to you to get up and try to give a prophetic word or a teaching in front of like everybody, but with six people in your living room, it's just not like, it's not as big of a deal. You say something off, everybody still loves you and it's fine, you know? You find out, hey, you have a teaching gift. Maybe you don't. It's okay. <laughs> you know? It's all right. And that's, you know, there, we just, <laughs> you get what I'm saying though? We need to foster a culture where it's safe for us to learn about our gifts and where the gifts that we do have are going to be valued and accepted. You know, like we need to be in the habit of valuing people's gifts, even if it makes them feel awkward. Like Jesus is doing something good in you. And people might want to deflect it because they're trying to be humble, but listen to this. It is not a bad thing to have someone value your gifts. In fact, it's not even a bad thing for you to value your own gifts as long as you talk about them as gifts, right? What is the thing about gifts? The very like, thing implied by saying it's a gift implies that it came from somewhere else to you. Your Christmas presents came to you from Santa or your parents or whatever, but they were gifts. It doesn't matter. They came to you from somewhere else. Somebody told me this morning they liked my shirt. I was like, thank you. It's a gift. You know, it's so great. It's not like, I'm so great, but I like it too. Someone gave it to me, and it was a good gift. You get that? It's that simple. Someone says to you, same thing, like you're leading worship. Like someone says, man, you did a great job today. Thank you. God is doing that in my life. It's, it's him. You know, you can just say thank you as long as we keep talking about it in the context of gifts. God, it came, it started, it originated with God it came to me, and I'm releasing it for the benefit of all of us. And it's so important for us to have a culture where we can do that. And we don't need to... I've even seen Christians like tear down other people expressing their gifts, like, oh, look at that super holy person. It's like, oh, stop. They're releasing the Holy Spirit right now, and you could be benefiting from it instead of being too insecure to receive it because you're not expressing your own. Don't, I don't want to get started too much there. but <laughs> So listen, we value your gifts, and we need you guys to express each one of them. They're all vital for us, and that's how all of us together will have every spiritual blessing in Christ. So let, go ahead, let people value you, and don't be afraid to value what God has given you. You know, because if not, like, it kind of devalues the whole thing. If someone said, oh, I like your shirt, I was like, well, it has nothing to do with me. I'm not even, like, 
wearing it. It just was, a, you know, it's just Jesus. It's like, no, I'm wearing it. I like it. If I wasn't, that would devalue the gift. I like the gifts I have. I want to use them, you know. So it's, it's really okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that it kind of uh, leads into the, the next one of my, this is number two of the four, if you're one of those writers. Um, that, and there's a, a couple of different ways you could say this. The one I wrote down in my notes is that the kingdom is not just for special people. Um, another way you could say that is special people need the kingdom just as much as everybody else. <laughs> or that nobody is so special that they don't need it. <laughs> um, the other like, thing that Paul is doing with the pronouns, he does address the Ephesians as a group, you. But he also, if you look in all the ones we're seeing here, he's including himself. He's saying we, us. He's placing himself firmly into the community that he's teaching them to walk in. And for Paul, that was as natural as can be. Um, we don't have time to go into all of this right now, but as a cool like backdrop to our study of Ephesians, if you check out the book of Acts, chapter 19 and 20, that's the story of what happened with Paul while he was in Ephesus, where he later wrote this letter to. And, but just to hit some highlights, did you guys know that Paul stayed in Ephesus with them for three years while he was starting this church? So he, was, he became a member of the community. And during that time, he wasn't just freeloading off of their generosity. He was supporting himself by the work of his own hands, he said. He was giving. He was offering something to the community, not just taking. He had a lot to offer. You know, if anybody, Paul's like the apostle of apostles, right? He reached more people with his ministry than maybe anyone else ever has, you know? And if there's anyone that you might think, like, Maybe you've even heard like one of these like fringy Christian people say like, oh, I'm just an apostle and I go around and I do things and they're not connected with the church. Well, that's not the biblical model. You could, they try to use Paul as an example for that, but Paul's model was community. He stuck in places. And you can see that because later when Paul needed to receive something from this community, when, um, like Jesus, Paul was called to go to Jerusalem and speak the message, and he knew that it was probably going to be the end of the line for him, like it was for Jesus. Um, and he was needing strength for that journey. And the community that he had formed in Ephesus, is those are the people that he called on when he needed to be strengthened for that last, like, I'm giving it all. He, he actually, uh, he, he didn't go to Ephesus because he knew that they loved him so much there that he would get stuck. They wouldn't want to let him leave, you know? So he didn't actually even go there because he's like, I, I can't lose focus or like waste time. Like I'm on this mission that God has called me to. But what he did was from another city, he sent a message to the elders from Ephesus that he had poured into and taught how to run the church. And he asked them to come and meet with him, and they prayed over him and like commissioned him and strengthened him and sent him out on the journey. You can read about all that in Acts 20. 
And it's just such a cool picture of what community is for us, you know? That, like, we all, we all need this. From the newest Christian to Paul the Apostle, we have to have people that we can share our real lives with. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. Nobody, nobody doesn't need this thing. And isn't it, I mean, some people think they don't need it, but isn't it like burning in each of our hearts somewhere in there, if we're honest, to be able to share, not only to share our real selves, but to have people that are on the same team as us, family, that we can go and do this crazy mission that Jesus has called us to? Because it's crazy. Um, if you're a, into video games, you might recognize, but it's dangerous to go alone, God says. So take this, this community. Um, and again, that has, that has implications for how we're going to live. We, um, like, it should be more of a priority for us than, than I think we make it sometimes. Don't, uh, also, don't wait for somebody to invite you to community. Well, I mean, I'm inviting you right now. This is a community for you. There's a small group here that would love to have community with you, I promise. But you don't have to wait for someone to invite you. you invite people to do life with you. Find people that you can trust and because you never know when you're going to need it. It's like, and the same thing with your spiritual gifts. Like, don't wait for somebody else to do something that God might be calling you to do. Because it's like spiritual gifts are actually, and this, I'm leading towards number three. Spiritual gifts are actually how God has chosen to build community among us. It's not about one person showing off and the thing being divisive. Number three, our spiritual gifts are meant to build unity and community. This is, this is how it happens. We need people around us that can do the things that we can't. And of course, you know, God is God. He can do whatever he wants at any time. I really hesitate when any speaker says God can't do something, you know, you, you could move in a gift you don't normally have because of Jesus anytime. Okay, he can do what he wants. But the design that he set up is that we do this thing together and everybody gets to play, not that you do it all by yourself. Just as a, as a little point. So, again, this is throughout Ephesians, but let me just read a little section from later in the book, chapter 4, 11 through 16 says he again, still talking about Jesus. It says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. There's other lists in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, I think, in Romans 12. One close to those anyway. If you look, you'll find them. There's other lists of gifts, but those, that's one list that Paul has here. And, but listen to what they're for. In verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity 
in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. That thing about Christ being the head should sound familiar because we just read that in 1.10, that things, the times reaching their fulfillment, at that time God will bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So, that's quite a picture. Why, why would Jesus, as the head, attach himself to us as the body? Unbelievable. You get what that's saying, though? Like, he's putting the message in our hands. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. If the, you know, he's, he's the head, if the mouth, if those of you that are mouths aren't speaking it, people aren't going to hear it. And man, that message is, if you, maybe you're a foot. That doesn't sound too glamorous. But it, man, that message is not going anywhere that you won't carry the head and the rest of the body too. This is, this is plan A, and there's not a plan B. This is, this is the message. Like God has given us this message to share as a body, and we need all the parts. You know, if God's hand is supposed to do something, nobody ever pays attention to their elbow, um, or like, like the muscles in your back. You don't even think about those until one of them is hurt or missing, or like doing something wrong, and then it's like, oh, I need that. And it's the same thing with us. Like maybe some people are, have these gifts that like fly under the radar. There's a gift of kindness, a gift of encouragement. And it's like that hand that's supposed to go do something, it can't get there without that elbow or that shoulder or all the other parts that are supposed to like be behind it, pushing it forward. I mean, there's... This is one of the most beautiful pictures in scripture. It's so, it's so deep in the amount of ways that it's applied. That Christ is the head of us as a body, the community of the church, learning to go to build each other up, for one thing, and to complete the mission that God has for us. The Christian body isn't built by you know, spiritual weightlifting, but it's built as people are added onto it. If you're an arm, you got to find more arm people to make your muscles stronger. <laughs> and like God has like also gifted us in community with the ability to call out other people and recognize the gifts that we have and help them come along and like learn how to walk in it. The thing is that a culture that values and expresses all the gifts together, that's how we become mature. Like, God wants us to grow individually too, and he'll speak to your heart individually, but I promise you won't reach the fullness of maturity that God has for you outside of connection with the body. 
It's how we were meant to become mature. It's how we were meant to become solid. If you feel like you're tossed around and you don't know what to believe, it's, you need to be connected to the body. That's how we grow up and we're not infants. It's how we're not tossed by the waves or deceived by the scheming of men and of the world. That's how we experience the fullness of God's blessing. And, and it's how we build up the body in love. Because listen, when, when all the gifts are being expressed that in a, in a place, that gives people that look in and see it the opportunity to recognize that it's different. The Bible's full of passages that talk about how our love for each other and our unity is going to be the testimony in the world that Jesus is real. And he is who he said he was. It takes all the gifts being expressed in a place to make that happen. So when the gifts are expressed in a place, people can see it and want to join. When the gifts, when everybody's individual gifts are being valued, that makes it a community that people will then want to be a part of. You guys get that? I'm going to say that one once again. When all the gifts are being expressed in a place, that gives people the chance to see it and want it. When all the gifts, when every person's gifts are being valued, that makes it a community that people will want to join. And that's, that's really what it's about. From a small group all the way up to a regular service, we want to be valuing and expressing all the spiritual gifts that God has to offer to us because that's how our community will be built up both in strength and in size. And man, don't you guys want to be part of a family that's doing that? Just, man, if this is stirring something in you, I take the time to dream. Just daydreaming is okay sometimes. Just dream about what it would be like to be part of a full family of people that were alive in their gifts, not ashamed of them, not being shamed for them, but being encouraged to use them and expressing them as we do the crazy mission of Jesus. Oh, man. That's, you know, that's what I've always wanted. And um, I used to think it was just because, like, I'm an only child that I wanted to, like, join somebody's team. And, but I don't think so. I think everybody, we all want to be part of a family. We all want to be part of a team of people that is really going for it. And, man, if you want this place to be that, it just it begins right with you. Valuing people's gifts, embracing and supporting true community. And that, you know, I'm kind of got ahead of myself a little bit, but that's number four. Community is the prime way that we build God's kingdom on this earth. Community is the first and foremost way that we build God's kingdom here on the earth. Another way of saying that is that unity under Christ is where this world is going. That's, that's where we're all headed. And we get to be part of that. Remember verse 10, the, the goal is to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. 
I read another translation that was helpful to me this week, and I'll read it to you guys too. And it said, to bring everything to unity in the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Man. That's what the ministry of reconciliation is. It's our chance to bring things together under Jesus. And I'm not, don't hear me saying that like all unity is good unity because people unite around bad things too sometimes, okay? But this unity under Christ is what we have to offer. This is redemption experienced collectively, experienced as a community, not just in the church, but like a city of Cleveland or nation. Like, that kind of unity, like bringing things together under Christ as the head, that's where the world is going. There's this thing that happens to us in America, especially, I think, I don't know, maybe in other countries too, where the American dream wants to, like, co-opt our faith for selfish purposes. Like, your faith becomes the add-on to your full life or the self-help that you need to get where you need to be. And it's very easy. You know, my wife and I just bought a house for the first time. And man, you get out there in your own house, and it's like, oh, I have my own space. I don't need anybody else. This is great. (laughs) You know, it's quiet. Nobody's, you know, tromping around upstairs at weird hours, you know. It's, I can see how it's easy to just start caring about ourselves. But the question, and I mean, I struggle with this, guys. I preach to myself. Like, the question I've been asking is, how did my faith get so self-centered? Maybe that question speaks to you, too. It's real easy for it to happen where I get so concerned about my own growth, my own comfort, that that's all I want Jesus for. Lose sight of the mission, lose sight of the people that he's putting in my life. Maybe it's a good question to ask yourself. Like, if you don't want to share your faith, and, you know, sharing your faith often isn't the first step. We could take it away from sharing your faith. How about just invite to dinner? I was going to say, if you won't share your faith with your neighbor, but if you won't invite your neighbor to dinner because they got the wrong sign in their front yard or because they have any sign in their front yard, (laughs) then you need to ask yourself, how did my faith get so self-centered? If you're not willing to learn to be a multiracial and multicultural church, then you need to ask yourself, how did I get so self-centered that I just want to be comfortable? The kingdom of heaven, we know, is going to be filled with people from every tribe and tongue and nation, right? And we pray all the time. You probably prayed it a million times in your life. Oh, God, let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. 
Well, if you're not willing to take steps towards making that happen, if you're not willing to be the reconciliation that we still, as a country, so desperately need, and as a world between races, then why even pray that? If you're not going to do something about it. Remember, so send I you. That's what Evan was saying. Jesus is putting these things in us for a reason. If you have a desire for it, it's because he wants you to do something about it. It's like if you, if you value your own, your own time, your own house, your own stuff more than joining a community and being of service and working together on the mission of Jesus, just ask yourself, like seriously ask, actually ask Jesus, how did my faith get so self-centered? And he'll be so gracious with you. Like I don't mean to give anyone a guilt trip. I'm actually suggesting that you ask Jesus the real question because he wants to tell you and help you find your way out of that. Maybe, hmm. I mean, and that can be a little scary, honestly, right? Maybe you do have a burning desire for community and like being part of it, but you're afraid to share who you really are because you've been rejected in the past or you think the things that you've done are too much. You think you, maybe you think you don't have anything to offer. You hear me talking about spiritual gifts, and you're like, I don't have any of those. Um, well, let me just tell you, if you're a child of God, that that's a lie. You do have spiritual gifts to offer to this church, and I just break the power of that lie off of any of you that believe it in Jesus' name. You have something to offer, and there, there can be fear in it. It's okay. It's all right. But, like, God is calling you to something more. You probably even, like, you feel it, like, like burning in you, some of you, like, as I'm talking, this, like, desire for, like, the team. Like, I think that's why, this is a side note, but I think that's why movies like The Avengers and, like, those kind of ones where there's, like, a team of superheroes, everybody loves that, because we all want to be part of that team, man. that team of people that has gifts that can be used, and that is what God is calling us to be. God is, is inviting us to share our real selves, to grow together, and to do the mission, the mission of reconciliation with each other. And all of us, you all are invited. Will you guys stand with me?